Welcome to the M Files. You are listening to Valerie and Ella Mayers, Patty Wood Finkel, John Woodward, and Michael Williams mining the muse in the museum world. On this episode, we are speaking with Lee Dudley, the executive director of the Federal Judicial Learning Center and Museum in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. Welcome, Lee. Hi, thanks for having me. Hi, thanks for joining us, especially on such short notice. We appreciate it. That's fun. I love it. Nice. My first question for you is the same question that I ask all of our guests. What is the strangest thing that has ever happened to you in a museum? This could be a museum that you've worked at, one that you interned at, one that you visited. Um, there's really no parameters. It could even be this. <laughs> yeah, impromptu podcast. That's um, interesting. I have a couple. I don't know. My first experience, I think, in a museum was when I was in the grad school program at UCO in Edmond. And we all had to, well, I think most of us had to do a stint, you know, where you intern um for the laboratory of history museum right heidi i'm mm-hmm. yeah, probably know heidi, know heidi. she's mm-hmm. awesome but you know like winter hours it gets dark early and um i would be up there by myself and there were some older there was one particular world war ii um exhibit that was older and i would always get so creeped out and i would haul when i'd lock up one end <laughs> of the of the museum i mean i would run as fast as i could to the to the other end to get out because i for some reason i was terrified of this particular like item in this case so that's one and then well, tell, tell, i want to give another one tell us what it is what's the what's the item i think i know what you're talking about you do i think so well yeah. there's a copy of like mine yeah, yeah, yeah yeah and yeah. so i just was like bad juju but i where, feel like where did where did the copy of my comp come from that's from, go ahead what you want me to tell yeah, i hope tell. i have it correct no, yeah. i mean it's uh, there was a uco student who was mm-hmm. a soldier and was um over in germany during the war right and it mm-hmm. was one of the apartments i think they raided one of um hitler's apartments and and he snatched a copy of what mein Kampf. isn't yeah, that right yeah 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 so yeah i was just always weirded out by that yeah. I don't know how odd that is. I just, that's one of my, no, really, the, a memory yeah. I have or something would spook me and I would run so fast. If anyone could see me running through this museum. <laughs> that, would, that would spook me too. Yeah, it's spooky. Mean, honestly, yeah. That's, that is bound to have some bad juju. Yeah. Yeah, and, isn't that crazy? Sorry. No, it's great. I mean, it's it's a cool thing to mm-hmm, have. Mm-hmm, yeah, you see mm-hmm. it. It was pretty groovy. But um, I'll give another one real quick just because I can't resist. I'm The museum that I'm in now is in the federal courthouse in downtown Oklahoma City. And it was finished like 1912. Um, And I'm in my office is the old postmaster's office. And it's lovely. It's a great, great space. Um, But sometimes I hear strange noises and I just, I want it to be the postmaster, you know, from like 1912. (laughs) Um, It's probably something I'm above the basement and there's all sorts of odd things that go on down there, but I just have this hope and like this vibe of like, yeah, it's the postmaster. Um, Just like saying, hey, from time to time. No, no, it's just kind of, it's not every day. It's just every once in a while. It's like something will shift or it's, it's not just your average noise. That could just be me wishing. You know, I'm always like hoping to bump into some ghosts from the past. Awesome office, though. I mean, you can see behind me, I'm in a cinder block room. (laughs) (laughs) I would love to have, uh, you know, a nice postmaster's office. It's probably got lovely woodwork. It does. Nice windows and all this other stuff. So those are are great stories, too. But don't you have a squirrel? 
I do have a squirrel. Okay. Really? I have two squirrels actually, because we have squirreline and we have squeaks. Okay. <laughs> in the office? They live in the ceiling, drop ceiling out in the hallway. It's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Do you feed them? <laughs> the official answer to that question is no, of course I don't feed them because that would be encouraging pests in the museum. Yes. Yes. So Lee, would you please share more about your trajectory from graduate school to your current institution? Sure. Yeah. Um, a bit of a long one, actually. Um, so grad school, um, and I was just telling Michael when we were chatting a minute ago that I interned at the Cowboy Museum. It has a lot the National Heritage Western. It has a long name title that's been changed a few times. I call it the Cowboy Museum. Um, I have a background in art history. Uh, that's my my preferred. Um, oh, you do! Yay! Um, so I was with in grad school um, under the curator of art at the Cowboy Museum, Anne Morand. She was amazing, one of my favorite humans ever. Um, and so I worked with her for about a year, year and a half. Um, I was finishing up my thesis, and we kind of had a great plan in place of how I would go forward working with her um, and do different things. And she sadly um, died just after I had defended my thesis, which is sad. I don't mean to be sad, but she was wonderful, but it kind of shifted things for me um, as far as my, the traje trajectory. Um, so I stayed at the cowboy for a little while and then I had my third kiddo. And so was just kind of on, like part-time teaching at UCO um, and doing working for the cowboy and then landed um, on this um, in this position at the Federal Judicial Learning Center, which is a great place. And I've been there a little over four years um, and it's fairly new uh, as far as nonprofits go. Um, so still really working to, of course, always, but grow the organization and really kind of Re go back and redo and re-envision what we do there. Now, were you the first director or was there somebody there before you? There was someone there before me. She was part-time um, and basically there to work with the board of directors to get it off the ground. So I think she was kind of in and out. They didn't have an official um, like staff member dedicated, you know, around the clock to the museum. And then is this a, is this like a federally funded museum or is this through some nonprofit group? It's a nonprofit and it's interesting. That's something that is sometimes complicated, um, is that we are a nonprofit. So we are not federally funded. I'm not part of the judiciary which is often assumed because we are gifted the space um, of, to be in the federal courthouse, which is lovely and fantastic for a number of reasons. <clears throat> but there are um, other learning, judicial learning centers in, this, in the country and more and more are popping up, which is great. You know, it's like civics education in the community and much needed um, for obvious reasons. Um, and a lot of the others are part of the judiciary so they're funded by the government we rely on um donations you know so you mentioned um civics education can you tell us a little bit more about your museum and your content and what it does and your mission 
So our, um, our mission is to preserve and present the history of the Western District Court of Oklahoma. So specifically, we have three district courts, um, federal district courts in Oklahoma. And so we're specifically for the Western District. The other two districts, um, not that I know of, have a learning center. So we include some of that history as well, of course, state history there. Um, so yeah, the idea was started by a retired judge, Judge Vicki Miles LaGrange, who um, she is who hired me and she's amazing. Um, she wanted to do something for the community. She really wanted to create a space where kids could come, learn civics, learn about basic, you know, um, the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, why, you know, the judicial system was formed. Um, and then it goes into, um, you know, judges, different types of judges, how they're appointed, um, things like that. And then also something fairly unique to just the civics aspect is tying in historical cases from the Western District to um, better explain, right, the basis of civics education. And so like Machine Gun Kelly um, is probably one of our more notable cases from the 1930s, a kidnapping of a, you know, wealthy Oklahoma oil man. Um, and the William Hale and Ramsey case, which is tied to the Osage reign of terror, right? The film killers of the flower moon, the book. Um, so those are some of the bigger ones. And there's also the Silkwood case and the Oklahoma City bombing. Yeah, that's, I want to do that exhibit next. I'm really have been pumped since I started for the Silkwood case. That's, that, that's funny. It's the, Karen Silkwood, she was a, a whistleblower in in the uh, 1970s. And and she dies. She's, you know, she dies out um, on Highway 74, which is just west of of Guthrie and leads into Oklahoma City. And, you know, the story is, is that she's driving to Oklahoma City to meet with um, federal officials to give them, you know, the documents of, of all the stuff that's going on at this nuclear power plant. And she has a car crash and dies. Now, whether she just had a car crash and died or she got run off the road, therein is the Mm -hmm. the the juicy part of it yeah. well of course, yeah. yes yeah so there's some really fantastic um stories you know that are part of the oklahoma judicial system and so it's using those to tie in with like the core civics program that we have tell more about urschel you want to know more about Urshel? yeah 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 okay yeah and it's amazing how a lot of people don't i don't know why i guess they would but machine gun kelly so the kidnapping um, of Charles Urschel in the early 1930s, you know, Oklahoma, of course, oil money and, um, just like it, prohibition is just winding down. And so we have all this, like the politics, the corruption and this, um, you know, the depression as well. Mm. So a lot of, um, civilian kidnappings became a trend across the entire country. Um, and machine gun Kelly, and then another individual, planned to kidnap Charles Urschel, who lived in this, um, not too far from downtown Oklahoma City, a little bit north, beautiful neighborhood, old historic homes. Um, the house is still there with a plaque on the front, mm -hmm. you know, Urschel's um, home. And so that's always been 
um, a more notable case, we have one of our judges on the board who's a um, family member of the judge who tried that case. Oh, cool. And then we also received um, from Charles Urschel's family eight these giant scrapbooks that they started, I guess, in the 1930s when this kidnapping happened. And so um, all these fantastic artifacts that were handed down. One of the one of the really interesting things about this is that this is the first kidnapping, federal kidnapping case after the the Lindbergh baby case, you know, because they changed the the laws to go along with that. And that's the first one that ever went to trial, you know, under that new law. So that's, you know, yeah, that's, that's really, really, really historically significant. So. It is. And it's also the first time they flew criminal defendants to a trial. So they found um, wow. Catherine Kelly, who was probably more than likely the mastermind behind the kidnapping, the wife of Machine Gun Kelly, um, flew them to trial in Oklahoma City. That was a first. They were in Memphis. And then also fantastic is that it was um, the first time they allowed film cameras into a trial. And so several years ago, um, one of our judges just found an old reel of film in his closet, right, in his chambers. And he's like, what is it? He can't play it. So, of course, he's like, I'm going to send it off to National Archives and they'll tell me what it is. And it's film footage from the Machine Gun Kelly trial, um, 1933. And then woven in. Yeah, it's amazing. And then there's also 1933. It was made the year the trial um, took place. And it also has this really great melodramatic 1930s reenactments. And it's like the Eagle of Justice swoops in. <laughs> and it's so fantastic. I mean, it's just priceless. Awesome. Yeah. Now, are you going to have that on display? At yes. Point? Yes, okay. we have it. And it's just long. And again, it's like I have a grant to add to that exhibit and to edit that um, film down. But it's really cool. And it's an exciting story um, for many different reasons. That's pretty awesome. I wish we had had a museum like that available when I was in like middle school, high school. I think it would have made civics a lot more interesting. Um, as an adult now, I wish I had paid yeah. more attention back then. Then I wouldn't have yes. to look up so many things. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. So Lee, I have a question for you. You mentioned that there are more of these judicial learning centers being created across the country. What's, what's sort of the... Uh, the push behind creating these centers now instead of say maybe 15 or 20 years ago? I know that there's, you know, recent polls, at least I was just reading through this because I'm trying to revamp our civics program because um, I want to make it a little more exciting and a little more engaging um, for younger kids. Um, but definitely in recent years, just um, based on polls, as far as most Americans, how much is known about our system of government? I mean, a lot of people, sad to say, don't even can't name the three branches of government or um, have they just don't have a complete understanding of how and why, you know, our government is supposed to work and what's gone wrong with it um, in recent years. And I know that just based on um, the political nature of things and um, what's going on in classrooms as well. There's a need to offer some assistance to educators 
because they don't have time and money, you know, to spend a lot of um, resources on civics education. We have, I mean, I've seen in Oklahoma City, there are some schools who really do a great job of trying to, we do mock trials or something we do at the learning center. And a lot of, um, we have a handful at least of teachers who are doing that in the classroom and then are making an effort to, hey, you know, how can we enhance that lesson um, by bringing them to a courthouse? And so um, we're doing more and more tours and meeting with judges. That's the best. I mean, is question and answers with, uh, you know, judges or other court personnel. And for some kids, um, just being in a courthouse has such a huge impact. And one of the reasons why um, why this organization began was to show that it's not just a scary place, um, right? A courthouse where just bad things happen, but that all of these different, there are all these different kinds of careers, jobs, people going in and out of the courthouse. Um, and so really kind of having a fuller picture of what life inside the courthouse looks like. Oh, that's really cool. I, especially, you know, doing the mock trials and uh, introducing uh, kids to different judicial careers. Uh, have you ever been able to wrap in like the U.S. Marshals into into your uh, yes. learning center? And yes, activities? some of our marshals love to stop by um, and, and scare young kids. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a highlight. I have to say it's a highlight. But yes, they'll, they'll, you know, select a few and yeah, hand, handcuff them and, you know. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's funny. They love it. The marshals love it. Man. They also, the marshals also loved it. Now talk about another interesting moment, um, which I'm sure like, it, you know, museums, you just run into all kinds of stuff, but it wasn't the actual Tommy gun from the machine gun Kelly kidnapping because no one knows where it is, but I think I know where it may be but so i had a replica right so i was like we're gonna get a replica that looks just like it um this so we received like this decommissioned you know Mm. tommy gun and i had to jump through some hoops to um get into the courthouse with that and the marshals were really um skeptical at first and then they really loved it like when it came in yeah i had a whole crew of marshals who were all like yeah let me hold yeah let me see let me hold this so where do you think it is? Can we ask where you think it is? Yes, I'll put it vaguely. And it's something I've like tried to track down and finally met with a family member, um, Urschel's, uh, one of his family members. Um, but what happened was um, law enforcement, you know, apprehended and it was held as evidence. Um, in Fort Worth, I believe, is where it disappeared. Um, and so someone it's been passed down right um within someone's family and that's as much as i should probably ah, say okay. <laughs> okay. oh that's really intriguing it's fascinating and how many true artifacts related to the work that we do are in yes. private hands yeah. i think it so is really interesting mm-hmm. so would you two like to speak to the project that you're working on, Lee and Michael? Oh yeah, no, it's her project. I'm just, I'm just helping. I'm just, uh, I'm just helping with the, the making mounts and and when they they do the install. Which is so kind. I'm so grateful. I am one. I'm. It's just me and my fantastic yeah. board. But I am a staff of one and in the courthouse. And so as far as what we can do when installing an exhibit is really minimal. 
right now. So, um, but yeah, so of course with the, the book coming out, you know, a few years ago, which book? sorry killers of the flower moon right coming out came out Mm -hmm. a few years ago and with the hype um leading towards the film we started looking at um a few years ago which i've we've known that this case took place and that it is significant the hale and ramsey case um but looking at how we could participate in telling the story um and in a different way and so we are approaching this exhibit from a legal perspective of course um which has been a bit of a doozy um and is probably why grand's book and other books don't dive into it too deeply because it's it's a lot it's crazy i should have a a law degree at this point (laughs) i feel like um but yeah so it was looking at the case the hale and ramsey case specifically um and trying to simplify that, especially for fourth through 12th graders, which I'm still trying to figure out exactly how that's going to happen. But um, talking about jurisdiction, so you have state court and federal court um, and how, you know, is that decided what case, you know, if, if a case is tried in federal court or state court, which is really Interesting and important, especially now in Oklahoma, you have the McGirt without getting too um, heavy on things, but the McGirt decision in Oklahoma has really um, changed some things and really lately talking about tribal boundaries and things like that. Um, And so that's a significant piece of the exhibit that we're doing, as well as just talking about the trial, which is fascinating um, and the characters involved which there were many, but especially two who were tried in federal court. So we are working on interviews and putting together a video. Um, and we have, we had for the exhibit specifically, um, kind of a replica of the second floor courtroom where the cake, the trial took place upstairs. It's a beautiful courtroom. Um, not a full on replica, but sort of of the bench um in that area and we'll show a film that we're having created and i hope it's finished very soon um in addition to archival images and then tara with the white hair memorial um has been wonderful to work with and they agreed to let us borrow some osage artifacts specifically um, a wedding coat which is um it's prevalent in the film. They're also beautiful and culturally significant in a really interesting way. Um, and then it ties into what we discuss in our exhibit of, you know, the headright system and how so many uh, married into Osage families, married Osage women in order to gain headrights from the Osage. So that's kind of the basic, um, exhibit that we're putting in place and michael's so kind to help us uh, make it happen yeah we did a um a panel discussion on the book and the movie um not too long ago lee was the moderator and and so tara works for the historical society also and so we were just kind of talking about it and it was like oh yeah you guys need any help just let us know and you know we can help you do this because um the white hair memorial isn't a traditional museum kind of like kind of like lee's place you know it's it's 
it's it's really niche you know and it's a it's more of a it's more of a learning center and a library but there's also a collection you know so it's just you know it's just kind of different so so anyway she didn't have anything to do the do the mounts with and we do the mounts for basically all the historical sites or you know the Oklahoma Historical Society sites um so we have everything to do do that kind of work with so so Lee, where do you see your facility going in the future? I mean, where 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 do you want it to go and I would love to really revamp our core civics program. That's what I'm working on right now. I've completed I'm worked I've worked on one grant and I'm working on another. Um just to integrate a little more technology, which is interesting and not as easy as it sounds in the federal courthouse and everything, (laughs) the process for all of that. Um, But just looking at how to make it more engaging and interactive. Of course, we want to, you know, read panels and some of the, you know, things that are expected in in a museum, but also just some more things to touch and to interact with. Um, And so looking at different civics programs that are out there, which iCivics is a really big one and I know is used by educators and also some of these other learning centers. So I'm planning in the next year to visit, um, especially, I think uh, there's a, a learning judicial learning center in St. Louis that is doing a really good job. And then there are two new, at least one is open and they're opening another in Minneapolis, St. Paul. Um, and there's a a fantastic one in New York. So it's just visiting and reaching out and collaborating with some of these other judicial learning centers. Um, And I really would like to create some sort of in-class program, whether it's virtual and a lot of art museums, right. And other museums have virtual, especially with COVID, you know, adapted and integrated these virtual exhibits and whatnot. But I want to create a program where we can in more than one way, take civics to the teacher if they can't, make it on a field trip and, you know, afford buses and, and, and the time to get out of the classroom. And I think we can do that with, you know, some physical objects that go out to the classrooms as well as either um, just some sort of zoom in or virtual classroom. Maybe we could bring in a judge or a lawyer, you know, different people to speak one-on-one to the kids in their classroom. I was going to say, I think that would be a great opportunity to get volunteers in there, retired judges and retired legal workers that could, you know, talk to the classes. You could also do some pre-recorded um, yeah. YouTube videos that the classes could watch before they talk to you. And then um, you had talked about coming out of Heidi's program and being an intern for the program, um, even working with, you know, interns. That'd be a fantastic yeah. internship opportunity for them. So that's got to be exciting to be able to grow this museum from pretty much where it started um, to, you know, where, where it's going and to see where it's going and kind of grow it in a way that will have a national. I'm excited about it. I am. I hope that, you know, it's, I'm trying to dream big right now and I hope that the pieces fall into place to really create something unique and something that, yeah, it is exciting. No, it, it's great. It's, you know, it's a area that, you know, hasn't really been explored, at least in the museum field. I mean, we've seen 
I don't know how many small community museums I've been to that have been in like the county courthouse, you know, the historic courthouses. But even those very, very rarely touch upon the legal history of their their area. Um, you know, a few examples in Wyoming might be in Johnson County, where you have the Johnson County Land War, or uh, you know, some critical cases like Tom Horn and the the murder of Willie Nickel, based in the in Laramie in the, in the Cheyenne area. So that's a, it's exciting to see where where that's going and how that's going to impact uh, you know civics education in the U.S. as more places begin to develop those kind of judicial learning centers. I think it's nice that it's coming out of Oklahoma, too, because so many different regions, like you were talking about Wyoming, different regions of the U.S. have different, not different histories, because we all have the same history, but there are different events that are bigger in some areas than other areas. So what they talk about in St. Paul or New York is probably not going to be what you talk about in Oklahoma. Um, So that's great that you're able to to fit into that space and to find find a space that I think is really thank you. Well, I think uh, we're probably going to wrap up this episode. Lee, thank you very much for joining us, especially on such short notice. It was uh, a pleasure to chat with you today, and we look forward to uh, hearing more about what you're doing in the future. Thanks so much again for having me. It was a lot of fun. Okay, so before we close up, just a few bits of housekeeping. New episodes this season will be dropping every couple of weeks. Check our Facebook page for announcements on upcoming guests, along with news from the museum world. Have a question? You can contact us through our Facebook page or by email at themfilespodcast at gmail.com. We promise we'll get back to you as soon as we can. Also, please take a moment to rate and review this episode wherever you're listening to us. Those reviews help others find this show wherever you're at. So in the meantime, stay curious, visit a museum, and thank you for listening, and we'll see you again next time here on The M-Files.